Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five star review wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. Uh, we're what? A couple days out from uh, the old NFL Radio Row week. Thank you so much for the for the lovely comments. And we're about five minutes removed from Super Bowl 57. And yet. Still, many, many Arizona Cardinal angles to take to this, Bo Brock. Bo texted me earlier today and said, well, shit, it's Sunday, and I guess we need to record. We want to record because there's so much Cardinal news coming down the pipeline. Bo, where do we begin? Uh, We begin, I think, that this coaching search is going to finally come to a close here shortly. If you're consuming this podcast on Monday, probably within the next few hours, you'll get some pretty solid reports. Our guy Howard Baltzer already reporting that there's a guy that's going that's targeted and likely to lock in the Arizona Cardinals job. And I think at this point, Cardinals fans are welling up like Nick Sirianni near the end of the national anthem. It's finally coming to an end. They're going to have their next head coach, and all signs are pointing to it as defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jonathan Gannon. Yes, we had heard rumblings, Bo, during Radio Row. We put it out there on our 60-second Thursday video that the Cardinals maybe wanted to talk to Gannon on Monday. Um, But that's a long way from he's going to be the head coach. And when the report came out from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport this morning, it was very much like, oh, yeah, we got one more thing to do. And as Rapshi put it, he is a – you know, not a the front runner, but a front runner for the job. Um, and again, Howard Balzer of, of GoPHNX.com reporting four hours before we record the show that he's hearing it's a done deal. Um, and then we're already talking about coordinators and position coaches. How do you think we got to this point, Bo? Because you had given me some insight all the way back to Monday of last week when, when mm-hmm. you had kind of witnessed some high-ranking Cardinal officials uh, talking to Mr. Gannon during yeah. what the media scrum Monday night can you walk us through that as discreetly as you can the opening night. Yeah. The opening night. I, I think it's funny because immediately uh, because you would tip me that our colleague Howard Baltzer had tweeted that information out that, that it was going to be Gannon. And immediately as I retweeted my colleague uh, to spread the word, I, because it is so shortly after the, the Super Bowl loss, I'm getting that I'm off Gannon. He's a fraud because of how oh, the Eagles performed in the Super Bowl. And I think that uh, it, this is not like the no spend zone. Like there, you he his defense was not as putrid as 38 points surrendered it, to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs would tell you. Uh, did he make the adjustments? Not make the adjustments in the second half. Probably not as many as you'd like. I thought that Andy Reid was pretty masterful as far as how he approached it, came out and was was very run heavy and that kind of uh, subdued those those talented pass rushers in that front seven right away. But, um, you know, as far as Monday night, it, it feels forever ago, but opening night, you know, that was on the heels of the news that Brian Flores was taking the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator job and the Arizona Cardinals coaching search at that point, the only two coaches or candidates that were going to interview a second time outside of the Dan Quinn second interview before he bowed out uh, was Lou Anarumo later in the week and Mike Kafka soon uh, shortly uh, after that Monday. So uh, as Philly was kind of holding court at the media day, 
Saw yep. some some Cardinals. Uh, I, I don't know, just prominent high ranking officials, yeah, right? Prominent members of the organization talking to some NFL insiders. I'm sure talking about what the plan was going to be, as it seemed like it had gone down in flames and was in, in a pile of ashes after Flores had pulled out, and you were kind of just down to Kafka and Arumo. Uh, and then I saw kind of you know some of those same you know officials around. Uh, Gannon, and then I saw just kind of a, a a who's who of NFL insiders talking to Gannon. Gannon was kind of holding court with uh, the top NFL insiders, and I'm sure kind of giving them some information as far as you know what his week looks like. I'm sure more geared towards the game, but uh, when when you're a guy a candid caliber of Gannon, I'm sure they they had some questions about you know his future beyond the Super Bowl that went down on Sunday. Benjamin Albright was on this podcast January 17th and said the Cardinals were going to try to interview John Gannon. And I think that was before either the Giants game or it was before the Niner game. It must have been before the Giants game because uh, the Eagles had a first round bye. And that interview, maybe it happened off the record, but officially never happened. And so the Cardinals got stuck in limbo a little bit um, with attempting to interview Gannon once upon a time. And so there's some good insight from, I think it was Albert Breer uh, and some other folks on, on Twitter basically saying that the Cardinals have had to wait and it, they had been looking like they were dragging their feet, but instead they had just been waiting for John Gannon. Breer stating that Gannon has a strong relationship with Cardinals GM Monty Ford. Cardinals couldn't interview Gannon during the Super Bowl bye because only second interviews are allowed in that window. So mm-hmm. since Arizona didn't get Gannon during the wild card week, remember they were screwing around with Vance. They were screwing around with some other people. Frank Wright, you know, they did Aaron Glenn. They did Averro that week. They tried to do D'Amico and there wasn't time to get, to get Gannon in. And, and who knows, like the, the Eagles could have lost at any point and the Cardinals probably would have circled back. But then, you know, as the, the entirety of the postseason and the Cardinals search continue to play out. Maybe they just thought this is the one we want to wait for. Clearly that's what's happened because um, you don't interview Mike Kafka last Tuesday and wait all week and opt to look at other people. If you're going to hire Mike Kafka, um, Luana Rumo's Friday interview was always kind of weird because mm-hmm. if you like Luana Rumo, you would try to table set and get him at the beginning of the week. So this is really, I mean, we put a slim chance of it happening, but we still left it open as a wild card bow. And it's all leading to John Gannon, of course, having his interview with the Cardinals tomorrow, likely in person. And I would expect an announcement from the team within the next 48 hours that he's the new head coach, of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Especially with Philly falling short, right? It, it doesn't put a parade in place. It doesn't uh, muddle up his schedule anymore. Their season ended and they try to pick up the pieces and they fought to the bitter end. And, I think that uh, his defense was screwed over by the officials as far as that uh, pretty petty call on defensive holding on, on Bradbury there yeah. that extended that drive and gave the Chiefs the ability to pretty much take the time all the way off the clock and then kick the, the go-ahead field goal, the game-winning field goal. But, um, you know, he was part of Monty Austinfort's 12, his dozen. It's on there. We had him on deck we just didn't yep. know what was going to happen because of the intel that we got from from Benjamin Albright. But when you compare him to the remaining finalists, right? When you look at him compared to Anarumo and Kafka, 
He's got the up and coming, soon to be 40, kind of young, hot coordinator that Kafka has just on the other side of the football with, you know, kind of a hard edge like Anarumo, just nearly two decades younger. Uh, so I think it's a happy mix of the, of, of the two other remaining candidates. And, um, you know, I thought we got some pretty solid insight from a guy who played for him quite a bit in Andrew Sandejo, 12 year NFL safety. Uh, who's on a text thread with him, kind of likes to bust his chops a little bit. They send some jokes back and forth. He uh, he joked that if if Gannon ever got a job as a head coach, he'd be a safeties coach. We'll see if, if that comes to fruition next week. But, um, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that's going to command respect from his players, but also can also, you know, relate to these players. Uh, obviously, you know, texting back and forth with some of them, Taking taking his, his own shots about not having the right window tent on his G wagon, uh, you know I think that there's 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 the ability uh, a happy medium there that I think could could fit the culture of this franchise. The Eagles had seventy sacks this regular season, yeah, third most in the history of the NFL. That's insane. They lost to Andy Reid, the best coach in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL, the MVP. He had, he had a bad second half, if you can call it that. Kyle Shanahan had a shitty second half in the Super Bowl that they blew. You think the 49ers care about that? No, they do not. Um, and I also just want to say, that this is a guy who's been through the, the hiring cycle and has had interviews before this year. Last year, he interviewed with the Denver Broncos, and I think Houston. He has been through this before. The, the staunch reason I think Bo and I are so anti-Kafka is that he just it feels like the just the start of Kafka's like pursuing an NFL head coaching job. Like this is not the first go around for John Gannon and he's led the Eagles along with their head coach to the postseason each of the last 2 years. They won the NFC East which was the best division in the NFC. They had the number 1 seed. His unit was dominant in both the wild card round or whatever the divisional round and the NFC championship game. And his defense tonight was not the benefactor of an offensive touchdown given up by Jalen Hurts, so a defensive touchdown by Kansas City, and a punt return basically down to the five or four-yard line, which was easy money for them. Could they have played better? Absolutely. But to, to be convinced that Gannon's the guy and then watch the first half and then double down on that and then watch the second half be like, that that guy's a fraud. I, I just I can't help you. D'Amico Ryan's defense gave up 44 points, and they had to call the dogs off mid-fourth quarter. <laughs> that Kansas City game in Santa Clara against the team that went to the NFC title game. And then Philadelphia beat their ass in the NFC title game led by John Gannon. So this is not all cyclical here, everybody. Like, you're allowed to say... I think there was a running clock in the season opener. That that one especially. But when the Niners played the Kansas City Chiefs, because everybody loves D'Amico. We love D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans could have given up 50-plus points to Patrick Mahomes with a generational defense. But no one wants to talk about that today. No one's critiquing D'Amico Ryans during the hiring cycle for that. So again, I, I just, we had Benjamin Albright on this show and he, he made a great point that sticks with me. He's like, yeah, they can be a great coordinator, but are, you got to be convinced they're a great you know, leader of men. And yep. he does two things. He can check a box where he had an elite unit and they think clearly that he can gravitas a locker room and get people fired up. Everything that I've seen that I've read about him is that he can do that. So, I mean, like Vic Fangio's defense, I think, won a Super Bowl. He was a shithead coach. 
Yeah. Like it's not all the same. It's not all apples and oranges, right? Todd Bowles was Bruce Arians defensive coordinator and they beat the shit out of Patrick Mahomes and everybody wants him fired in Tampa right now as the head coach. So again, let's just take a breath, right? You can, you can dislike the hire and you can disagree with the thought process. That's totally fine. But to sit here and say between Anna Rumo, who's almost 60 Kafka, who's a baby and this guy who's, who's coordinated the defense of the Super Bowl and has a lead through three quarters. I mean, it's, it's clear who the best option is at this point. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, you have to look at the the complete season, 2022-2023. And, you know, the fact that uh, after kind of taking the baton from Tom Brady as far as the, you know, active GOAT, I think that Patrick Mahomes can can humble many defensive coordinators, some of the best, as you mentioned, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, you know, it's and, – and people are going to point to that Anna Rumo has had more success against Patrick Mahomes. But, look, it's it's – it's more than just calling good plays against Patrick Mahomes. Now, you know, the final game of the season, you know, the odds are you'll probably have to go through Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's just how it's setting up and, you know, it's in the past and in the near future. But, you know, you, you've got to be able to compete in the NFC West. And, you know, next season, the Arizona Cardinals are set up to play the NFC East. Who's familiar with the NFC East? John Gannon. You know, who, who I know that they were on their 18th string quarterback, but who dominated the San Francisco 49ers? John Gannon's defense. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's a there's a lot of positives. And I know that, uh, you know, in the what have you done for me lately league, to sit there and, and look at 38 points and just kind of judge that thing, you know. Well, they as, gave up seven points in both no. playoff games before this game. I agree, I agree man. I You don't have to convince me. I, I think the casuals out there, that's, you know, that's, that's going to be the ones that are going to have a tough time. And, and obviously we're not sitting here talking. We love people who just tune in every once in a while and, the casual fan, but at the same time, we've got the diehards out there that know better. They they know better, and you know if you if you're you're, you're looking at Anna Rumo, you're looking at you know Cincinnati has has had some success defensively, and what he's done with less is impressive. And you know if if you want to sit there and I don't know how you can make the case against Gannon and then make a case for Kafka. It seems like hopefully that you're not the same person trying to do that. <laughs> that that would just be hypocritical uh, in every sense of the word. So. Um, I, I think that this this would be a slam dunk hire after all all said and done. No is doubt. it top tier, right? Is it the top candidates? That, it, no, it's not. But to come away and then to kind of look at the the people that are being rumored to be uh, involved with his staff, it gets you excited. It, it kind of fits the criteria that I think people had put in place about what would be the best for the Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals to dig themselves out of this hole. I mean, you've got a very intelligent uh, football guy that can connect with younger players that has that has a structured setup and, and comes from a very impressive coaching tree that's already producing lots of great coaches, including Nick they Sirianni. Had, they had four pass rushers in double-digit sacks yeah. this year. They had 17 interceptions. The Cardinals had one. Cardinals had one, and it was J.J. Watt. Everybody, I'm tired. And if you look, and most of the guys that they had were off the edge that had the the double digits. Where the yeah. Arizona Cardinals didn't, at the edge didn't have any guys sniff that as far as the outside. Yeah, anybody get to five? If John Gannon, if 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 Anderson falls to three and you get John Gannon's hands on him, that's exciting. You get Willie, Ajay Sanders, and Cam yeah. Thomas. His ability and Isaiah, up secondary. Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon right? Collins play their best football. Look at the safeties for Philadelphia. Like, uh, 
can we we got to be able to put things. The Cardinals have the second worst Super Bowl odds next year, and people are worried that John Gannon's defense had a tough time containing Patrick Mahomes. Those are what what we like to call first world problems. I'm sorry, they just it's laughable. I think most most people get it. If you disagree, totally get it. Respectful. Keep your opinion. Share it with us. We'll have a conversation about it. I want to have a conversation, Bo, with you about these coordinators that could potentially be coming with John Gadden. It's fun now. We get to move, presumably, <laughs> to the coordinator watch list. Um, we had heard rumblings on Thursday that the Cardinals liked Eric Bieniemy um, as their head coach. Um, turns out that that was kind of true, kind of not true. Because there was a Pro Football Talk article came out today from Mike Florio via Eric Bieniemy's agent. Cardinals like Eric Bieniemy potentially for their offensive coordinator job. And if you watch what Bieniemy did tonight, how can you not? This was his last game with Kansas City. He's going to go take another job. If you could pair Eric Bieniemy, and again, this is not a done deal. We feel like there's a front runner, but I want to touch on Bieniemy quickly. Mm-hmm. If you could find a way to pair Bieniemy with Gannon. And you keep your draft picks. You know, I sent this in a text message to you and Saul Bookman. I think that's better than getting Sean Payton. And I could be laughed out of the building. But you get to keep your assets and you get two guys potentially that could be head coaching candidates because then, then you know the offense is taken care of and the defense is taken care of. What, what, what are your thoughts on potentially being enemy connected as an OC? I mean, let's see. Uh, even the on the broadcast, they weren't mentioning the enemy as far as the guy making the second half adjustments that that credit goes to Andy Reid and that pa- credit goes to Patrick Mahomes. And that's the shadow that the enemies had to kind of fight his way out from under his entire tenure there. And one that has kind of handicapped his ability to, to get a head coaching job. And, you know, if he has to go flourish somewhere else, why not try to be the beneficiary of that? And the Arizona Cardinals are in a pretty, pretty prime spot to do that. Uh, there, there are some openings left. I believe they they mentioned the Commanders as is one of the teams where he could land. Um, you know, that if 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 everything is even, you think that that Benny Me wants to go coach Sam Howell under Ron Rivera, or does he want to come join a young kind of up and coming coach in in John Gannon, and and then potentially Kyler Murray, who could miss the start of the season, but once he gets back fresh, you know, you could have. Uh, a, you know, a very Patrick Mahomes light, a guy that can do some similar things with this very, you know, Patrick Mahomes light skill set. So, yeah, I think that that would, you know, as far as what he knows, as far as play calling, that fits what he, the style he likes to call. So, um, I, I think that it would be great. I, I you know, yes, it, it would, it, with, without having to give up any kind of draft capital, that, that helps when you look at it as far as Peyton, obviously Peyton can handle a lot of that work himself that you mm-hmm. are getting done by two guys, but that's fine. Look at the end of the day, if you have a Philly was, was a collaboration. And I think yeah. what Monty Austin Fort wants is a collaboration from top to bottom. Not so, a dictatorship. Right. Exactly. So that's fine. I, I think that it, it would be a very impressive, uh, it, it would, it would point to Bidwill and Austin Fort they never panicked. They were steadfast. And despite, you know, the public reaction to how long this has taken um, to come out with a win like that, it's very impressive. So Biennemi figures to at least be in the mix in the headlines until an announcement has been made regarding his future or the Cardinals future at offensive coordinator. But 
Connecting the dots, our guy Benjamin Albright, who, by the way, predicted this Gannon news the last, what, four or five days, has been doubling down, doubling down. So it's good to see Ben um, notch one on our show. Um, quarterbacks coach Cleveland Browns, Drew Petzing. Uh, if you had to look him up, we don't blame you. Uh, worked with Jacoby Brissett, who uh, had a two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio this year for Cleveland, and Deshaun Watson. Uh, there was momentum, Bo, that he will be the new offensive coordinator for the Cardinals should John Gannon get this job. That's coming from both Howard Balzer and Benjamin Albright. Um, both Petzin and Gannon were together on staff under Mike Zimmer in Minnesota for several years, one of which coached the DBs, of course, that being Gannon. And then Petzin worked with the receivers. So you figure they spent a lot of time together in position drills and whatnot. So, um, I would have thought maybe you tried to pluck some of the offensive staff, but somebody pointed out to me, Shane Stetchin, or however you pronounce his name, he's going to Indy. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's hoarding their offensive assistance, and it sounds like maybe Gannon is going to hoard the defensive assistance, well, and he's looking to he's looking to Cleveland to get his offensive coordinator and his buddy. And the the prime candidate to replace Stetchin is going to get the OC job in Philly and Johnson. Yeah. So yeah. he was a guy that's very impressive. Um, so that takes away, there's a couple different guys. I mean, if Drew, uh, Petzing, I don't think that he's a Petzing is going to be a guy that's going to make his way, his name into the public arena. If it was, wasn't like some legitimate, you know, possibility that he lands there, but you know, you've got, you've got the enemy, as you mentioned, you got Jason Michael, who's the tight ends coach there in, in Philly, who once coached the tight ends for the Arizona Cardinals a couple of years ago. He was an offensive coordinator in Tennessee, so there's some familiarity there in, in calling plays. So I think there's there's absolutely some options as far as who you could bring in to call the offense. But uh, I, I like the versatility from Petzing. He's got, uh, as you mentioned, he coached the Browns quarterbacks and tight ends, and then in, in Minnesota he coached quarterbacks and wide receivers, so he's versatile, and he also has a, had some time on the other side of the football so I just like the versatility so, so is from this this coaching staff as well, um, and then be, would be very curious to see who Gannon would tab as his defensive coordinator, and then just what Gannon would look like as kind of the the guy, obviously having his hands on the defensive side of the ball, but you know handing off potentially play calling during the game. But uh, it's it it is it is exciting to kind of think about hey they can start building the staff uh, with probably more so through relationships instead of Michael Bidwell and the GM trying to construct the staff like it's been the last two times when there's been coaching changes. Yeah. Uh, and if that sounds like low-hanging fruit, you are correct. Uh, Steve Keim put together both uh, Steve Wilkes' staff and he put together um, Cliff Kingsbury's staff, right. especially on the defensive side. That is not going to be, you would assume, the MO for somebody like John Gannon. Uh, so I think the logical question is, if John Gannon is announced as the new head coach of this team, Bo, within the next 48 hours, what does that mean for Vance Joseph and his future with this franchise? Uh, I would have thought Mike Kafka, he sticks around, maybe even Lou Anarumo based on the relationship in Miami. I would say that there's a there's a strong likelihood, if you were rooting for Vance Joseph to not be a part of this franchise, that Jonathan Gannon being hired is is good news for you. Um, again, Gannon's defense is his own baby. You would assume he's going to try to pluck a, an assistant to be his coordinator. Why wouldn't you? Makes sense. Get a get somebody to work underneath you. There's rumors of the linebacker coach in Philadelphia taking the job. 
that that doesn't leave a lot of options for a guy who has been kind of not hung out to dry, but hanging out at the facility and he's lost four assistant coaches on his unit bow. Mm -hmm. I would, I would say that we're going to see the end of Vance Joseph's tenure with the Cardinals this week. What say you? Yeah, that's something I'm necessarily rooting for at this point. When you kind of put it in perspective, I mean, if, if Gannon's going to bring in an unproven linebackers coach to, to run his first defense, you know, and you're just going to send, you're just going to pay Vance to go sit at home for the most part next season. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that he doesn't have the ability to call a good defense. I, I The biggest part for me is, especially at this this point in the franchise, that when you're going to – all signs are pointing to you drafting a defensive player third overall, um, that you need to play that guy. You need to draft and develop him. And if with Gannon being a part of that and, and a, a big influence on the defensive side of the football, regardless if he calls the plays or not, you know – if Vance Joseph is part of the game planning and, and maybe just kind of a for one season a hollow defensive coordinator, I don't have a problem with that. He still has the respect to some guys in there. I I'm not rooting for him to exit now. I, I just didn't want him to get promoted, and I didn't want him to be to continue to assume the role as the uh, head coach of the defense because I think he'd lost that uh, privilege with the performance this past season. I just think that a new messaging. It's a clean break. Yeah, because, again, there are going to be people, we've seen it, Buddha and Zavin are loyal to Vance, and you have something linger from the prior regime that could create friction in the locker room. And I'm not saying Buddha Baker is going to create factions with, you know, ex-players, former players, and new players. But, again, this is the, Car- the Cardinals won four games last year. They gave up the, what, second most points in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Vance Joseph, if Cliff Kingsbury gets fired – Vance Joseph, in my opinion, should not be allowed to stay. Um, you're getting paid out a premium. You're going to get another job elsewhere. You got a new assistant GM. You got a new GM. You got a new head coach. Why would you keep the defensive coordinator just because you like him? So tough decisions need to be made. Michael Bidwell likes Steve Kime. He's no longer part of the franchise. I'm not trying to put Steve and Vance in the same category as human beings, but as people attempting to do their job, it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, it wouldn't be the la- would, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It wouldn't be the Kafka experiment with dueling head coaches. It obviously wouldn't be keeping Cliff and Vance. Um, it would just be strange. I'll just I'll call it that. But to your point, the the philosophy of not playing rookies that's that has to be dead. That has to be yeah. dead and buried. Um, and that was a very big Achilles here for Vance Joseph, being able to develop young players on the fly early in their in their years in their seasons. Um, and getting the most out of them. We're facing free agency for Byron Murphy and Zach Allen with with not really knowing what they are, in part because of Vance Joseph's mismanagement of their development. Isaiah Simmons is walking around Radio Row kind of using the Cardinals as an indictment last year, saying they weren't prepared. I'm sure he's not just talking about the offense. And so, to me, it just... To to get the best assessment of the roster, top Mm -hmm. to bottom, especially defensively, you need new eyeballs on it. Because Vance Joseph is going to tell John Gannon, hey, I love Tanner Vallejo. He's a hell of a good football player. <laughs> you watch Dennis Gardeck. He's a hell of a good football player. And you put the tape on, and maybe those aren't the results that you get. I just think yeah. it just muddies the waters too much for me. Um, I'm not going to bitch and moan if it happens. It, just, I, it would go against what they're doing. And what they're yeah. doing is stripping this down from top to bottom and getting new people. 
Yeah, I, I think that you'll be impressed if you do a little digging. Obviously, we do that for you here. Uh, Nick Rollis, the the linebackers coach for Rallis. Rollis will find out if he gets hired as the DC or comes over in any capacity with Gannon. But what Gannon was able to get from his linebackers this year, I think you'll be impressed and be excited for that staff to get their hands on guys like Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. And then like you can play some easy connecting of the dots when you look at some maybe impending free agents for the Eagles. Now, obviously, you know, staying put would probably be the preference for most of these guys, but like a James Bradbury, I know he got banged for the five yard uh, automatic first down that pretty much won the Super Bowl for the chiefs. Uh, but Bradbury is going to be a free agent this offseason, you know, and, and Gannon with the DB's background. Would that be somebody that could come to the desert, kind of follow his coach? Uh, Fletcher Cox, I believe, is a unrestricted free agent. You know, is that somebody that might want to follow his defensive coordinator? Some interesting names here uh, that are coming off of a very impressive Philadelphia defense. You'd mentioned uh, Drew Petzing from Cleveland as the quarterbacks coach. Did you mention Jacoby Brissett yet? Is is a potential? I have, I have not. It's I yeah. think it's is he is it? Yeah, it's Drew. I'm like, who's Nick? Who's Drew? I'm trying to get these names settled for the first time, That's, but I had not talked about Drew. The linebackers coach and Drew is is the is the quarterbacks coach that could be the OC. Uh, but you know, when you look at Jacoby Brissett. He is, I think, QB1 as far as bridge quarterbacks right now in the game. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that can go in there and manage. Obviously, he's a quintessential backup. You never want to kind of give him the keys of the franchise. But when you're staring down, you know, Kyler Murray potentially not playing until November and not being the same the entire season, it, you know, if he's not right and you have to go back to your backup, I, I mean, we're looking at a 37-year-old Colt McCoy who's currently under contract. Bonnie Austinfort has really no... No ties to McCoy besides, you know, no. what he probably, like everybody saw on Hard Knocks, very respectable as far as what he does day in and day out as a professional quarterback in this league. Very well respected in that locker room. But, you know, to, to be staring down significant playing time, potentially, I think people would want to look at a little high, higher ceiling. Brissett is the name that popped into everybody's mind the minute they knew that Kyler Murray would miss time. And now that you're talking about getting his quarterback coaches or running your offense, I mean, like, would you be shocked now if it doesn't happen? You know, I was trying to connect the dots after the Gannon, you know, confirmation of the interview that maybe they'd look at Gardner Minshew and they still might. Maybe they will. Uh, potentially as a bridge quarterback to Kyler Murray next year. Gannon is on staff with Minshew. Minshew's a free agent. But if you want to come in and streamline this offense and help Kyler Murray learn it and be prepared for September football, and not have to ingratiate a rookie or an, you know, an external free agent that nobody has a relationship with, you bring Jacoby Brissett here. And you just say, hey, Jacoby, we're going to do Cleveland 2.0. We're going to run the football. We're going to put an emphasis on line, of, on line of scrimmage play. Cleveland, we watched a lot of Cleveland games in the early slate uh, at the PHNX headquarters, gambled on the Browns early a lot this season. Jacoby was very serviceable. Again, 12 passing touchdowns, six picks, and I think he had a couple rushing TDs. And his mobility, while it's not Kyler-esque, you can integrate some of those same things that you would do with Kyler with Jacoby. I think this move makes if if we get a if we get an, a confirmation that Drew is the new OC, uh, I would think it's a foregone conclusion that Jacoby Brissett is an Arizona Cardinal, and that's a nice place to be because Cleveland, you know, with the Watson thing haven, hanging over them, they were competitive, right? They didn't win a ton of games, but it was not a disaster. It was not a dumpster fire. 
they were more competitive with less talent, especially at quarterback, than the Arizona Cardinals were with Cliff Kingsbury. So yeah. I, I would say with a fourth-place schedule, you got a guy who's started plenty of games that's got athleticism that's only 30 years old that you know this emphasis now, Bo, I text you this, Philadelphia line of scrimmage play, 70 sacks from Gannon's unit, and then this guy coming from Cleveland where the emphasis is ball control and running the football. I mean, the, the days of first-round off-ball inside linebackers and spending premium picks every year at receiver, I think those those days are over, at least in the short term for this franchise. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett, 30 years old, market value just around $5.5 million. Perfect. Only getting a one-year deal. You'd have to cut McCoy in one year into a two-year contract. Not a whole lot of dead money tied to his deal. So it's uh, it's certainly that can be something that can be done. You're going to free up a ton of money, about $12 million. With Robbie Anderson just getting cut. You're going to have right out of the gates, probably right around $25 million to play with cap-wise. So it's uh, it, it's really going to get interesting to see how Monty Austin for it's going to start to churn this roster and kind of put his own spin on it and, and obviously work in concert with a guy like John Gannon and, and the guys and coaches that he picks. But uh, season's officially over. The Kansas City Chiefs, the team that started in at State Farm Stadium with a big win, they pull off a big win to wrap up the season uh, and go on to be Super Bowl champions. You got Patrick Mahomes now, two-time Super Bowl champion, the Super Bowl MVP, 27 years old. Um, that's KC is not going anywhere. But uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they're not even in the same conversation. They, they are rebuilding. And I think that they've got a very intriguing potential head coach uh, if they go the direction of of Gannon to uh, kind of start things off and, and kind of build around. The dominoes are starting to fall for the Arizona Cardinals. Thank the football gods. We're recording this Sunday, February 12th. Who would have thought this franchise would just now be narrowing in on their head coach, by the time we kick off our Monday show tomorrow, 4 p.m. Monday, Bo and I, will we have a new head coach? Will an announcement be made? We are on standby here at the PHNX Cardinals podcast. And Bo potentially could be out in Tempe for a press conference as early as Tuesday. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a whirlwind of a week. We appreciate all the support. So many messages, kind messages, following mm-hmm. our coverage from Radio Row. Bo oh, and I are, are, are so appreciative of that. We were, we're humbled we're, uh, by this opportunity to be able to give you the content that it looks like you're enjoying. And we're not stopping there, Bo. No, we're not. And uh, if, you wanted, if you missed any of that coverage, if you missed any interviews with Zach Hurts, James Conner, Rondell Moore, Patrick Peterson, Pat McAfee, it's all up on our YouTube page. Make sure you're scribe, subscribed phnx underscore sports on youtube and of course you want to check out all the rest of our shows we got going on phnx suns there you got kd that's always fun let's talk some suns basketball these days but uh we're just getting started we own the off season already starting to talk about some uh potential free agents we're going to look at some potential trades we're going to obviously look at that third overall pick in the nfl draft and beyond that's how you own the off season we're already starting to do it and it's officially 2022-2023 season in the rearview mirror. It is the offseason in the NFL. It's a great time. you got to be locked in to PHNX Cardinals. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts. And of course, find us on YouTube. Follow us on all the socials, PHNX underscore Cardinals. For Johnny Venerable, I'm Bo Brock. 
If you're listening on Sunday night, God bless you. If you're listening Monday morning, let's get it. Let's have a great week. We'll talk to you guys later today. Thank you.